Hello, and welcome back to Drawcast, everyone. My name is Greg Martin. I am your host of Drawcast Philanthropy, and we are going to get right to it today. Uh, we are somewhere around week four of uh, what has become uh, a new realm of strange, not just in Michigan, but in the United States and around the world with this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, lots of stories can be told, and uh, we're all trying to figure out how to be safe, to help our neighbors, uh, to now exist in this new normal. Um, today on the show, I have three people. Uh, Dustin McClellan, who is a second time guest. This is not his first time. He's, he's been That's here before. Correct. This is old, old hat. We've got Jen. Is it Lucarelli or Lucciarelli? I want to make sure I say it right. Lucarelli. Lucarelli. Okay. So Jen Lucarelli. And we've got Cameron Underdown. Did I say that right, Cam? You got it. That last name makes, I want to say it, um, I want to say down under every time um, it's, it's, it's a, it messes with my mind a little bit, but um, I'm appreciative for the three of you to come on because today we're going to specifically talk about mycovidresponse.org, how it came together, what it is and what it's doing. And so um, I, to be forthright, uh, I am part of this project. I'm working with uh, part of the network and helping on the grief care side uh, with families that unfortunately are dealing with uh, grief or loss in the middle of this, but th it has many tentacles. Uh, and in the, as I've been in the middle of it, I've had a lot of people ask me, uh, so who's in charge of this? And so Dustin, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, when someone asks me, hey, mycovidresponse.org, it's a website, it's, it, we're doing stuff with COVID-19, who's, who's in charge? Hey, thanks, Greg, for uh, having us on and to really tell the truth behind that uh, that question in the story. And I uh, I answer that question uh, in the approach. There is a founder, and and he is on the podcast, and you're going to get to hear from him and hear really the 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 thought behind this. But it's a collaborative approach to to leadership, and and that's what I love about. Uh, what this network is, this 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 database, this website is, um, but also all of the partnerships that uh, have come out of it, and uh, look forward to sharing more about that during this this podcast. So, uh, Jen, I'm going to uh, ping to you real fast because when I was talking about this with Dustin earlier, he referenced a conversation that he didn't tell me that much about, but he said that pretty early on, the two of you were sitting and talking about what this might look like. Can you talk to me a little bit about like how that conversation happened and what you left that conversation thinking was going to come out of this? Yeah, so very early on, uh, once we realized the magnitude of the crisis and, you know, having done significant work in the Pontiac in Oakland County area, um, you know, we understood that the need for food was going to be big um, really quickly. And so... Um, my role as a professor at Oakland University has allowed me to really understand um, all of the different agencies that do emergency food work throughout the city. So I started asking around the leaders of these organizations and said, okay, you know, what are you doing? What's going on? Uh, realizing that they all were really quickly going to have to be not only ramping up their services, but changing the way that they served the population. Uh, in saying, you know, is everybody talking to each other? Like, how are we working together? Um, and it became uh, apparent really quickly that nobody was really talking to each other. They all kind of focused inward and said, how are we going to ramp up and do this? 
uh, and knowing Dustin was also very well connected with these organizations, I said, hey, you know, what are you hearing? Are you hearing the same thing as me? Who's convening all of these groups so that we all uh, serve together in a more coordinated way? Um, and really, that's how we started that conversation, realizing that the leaders of the individual organizations had to concentrate on their own services, and that the two of us were in this um, kind of privileged position where our organizations aren't directly doing these services, but could lead as convening organizations to kind of start that conversation uh, and provide a venue where everybody can um, work quickly to share their resources. So that was really the beginning of the conversations that Dustin and I had that kind of led to us being in this position right now. Okay. So it sounds like you and Dustin are, are uh, what we'll call the, you're the elbows of the organization. You connect this with that. You're going to connect this group with that group. These groups are doing this thing. So Cam, uh, Dustin has insinuated that you're the boss. You, you heard that. We'll run the tape back later if we have to. But he's insinuated that you're the boss. So in your uh, oversight of not just the website, but the efforts and how it's all come together, talk to me about your timeline. Like when did you start working on this? When did you see the need and think, uh-oh, we got to get some stuff together? And then what's the timeline that you've been involved in? Sure. Um I don't know if I if I call myself the boss either, and that's again one <laughs> the challenge of this um, is it is it really defies a lot of the paradigms we have about collaborative um, efforts and and networks. Um, it's just been it's been a really beautiful process and project to to work on together. Uh, for me, I I remember it was on Wednesday, March 11th. Uh, we were having a Wednesday night meeting uh, at the church that I helped to plant called Life Church Auburn Hills. And we were over there at Auburn Elementary and we got information uh, that the schools were going to be shut down. The, the rentals were going to stop. And uh, that, that was the night they suspended all travel, uh, you know, in and out of, out of Europe and everywhere else. And that was the night I, of the, the NBA where the, where the one player got, tested positive and like it shut the whole league down and Tom Hanks <laughs> tweets out at 10th. That night was three hours, the longest three hours I've ever lived. Sorry. Yeah. I, just, so, I will. So that's, yeah, I'll remember. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. And that's, and that's the, that's kind of when it, when it started for me, I was, I was driving my kids home uh, from church and I'm listening to everything uh, come through the radio, the, the, the reports I'm, I'm looking over the news. I get my kids in bed and I remember looking at, Facebook and other social media channels. And I saw two things happening. Uh, one, I saw a lot of people in denial, uh, which makes sense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm someone who struggled with denial in my own life, been an active recovery. Uh, and so I, I know about that and I know how, how easy it is and how to, to be in denial. I know how difficult it is to get out. Um, the other thing I kept seeing was on, on the flip side of that, this, this willingness to help. Uh, there were people all over the place saying, hey, uh, copy paste this. Um, you know, if you need milk or eggs or bread, like no shame, private message me. And I was talking with uh, some people from OU William Beaumont uh, Medical School. I was talking to people from St. Joseph, uh, people in, my, in a group I was a part of. And they said, oh, no, this thing, this thing is real. This thing is a, is a significant issue. And so when I started thinking about those 
those folks that, you know, the people who are struggling with the denial of it, people who are struggling or who are desiring to help, I should say, I just, I just decided, I was like, I want to make something that's going to help these folks. Uh, I, I want to create a, a space where they can find legitimate information, uh, find links to it, and also uh, give people a really clear and direct way to help that follows all the safety protocols. So they could, they could start by doing something, filling it out, and then being assigned uh, to someone in, in a really safe and accountable way. And I think there's a lot of other things you know, out there. It's interesting, like Facebook and other, other entities are trying to do the same thing. But that's, that's what, was, what was different about ours, was we wanted to, to create this, this very accountable structure um, as opposed to something that was uh, just kind of random um, and that might promote community spread. So I, uh, I got coding, um, if you can call it that, like, you know, I, <laughs> I, I launched the website. Uh, I said, well, that was Wednesday night. Uh, it was Thursday and Friday. I worked on it. I launched it Saturday the 14th. I put it on, on my on my Facebook wall, and I sent a message to a few different people. Dustin being one of them, and I just said, "I think I think my message said, hey, is this helpful?'" Um, <laughs> that was it. That was the message. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all. That's all it said. And uh, pretty soon, I was I got a phone call from well, I got an email from Jen uh, right after that, and she said, "We I would love to talk. We need to talk about this." And I remember talking to her on the first day about that it would have been Tuesday, the 17th. It was St. Patrick's Day. And uh, it was about 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Jen and I talked for about 30 to 45 minutes. And she said, I think this is the missing link for uh, this, this coalition partnership that Dustin and I have been working on. I think this is exactly what we've needed. And I said, well, that's fantastic because... <laughs> It needed somebody to know <laughs> what exactly this was. Yeah. So, Jen, let me uh, ping back to you then. So, you've got the unique uh, perspective of coming from OU, which is, uh, you know, on the east side of Pontiac. And Dustin comes from Pontiac and Cam's there, Auburn Hills. But I've seen the database and the people who have volunteered and the people who are asking for stuff. And I've seen the names of towns like Holly and Clarkston and Waterford and Rochester. I that there is this has grown to a regional um response more than just a local response from from an ou perspective did you see that at, like when you started this we were like hey let's get all the pontiac stuff together because you're very active in pontiac did, did you see this as a pontiac thing or did you think this might be a more of a regional thing like has it become what you thought or has it changed uh, direction a little bit Oh, it has definitely grown bigger than my wildest dreams. Um, so anybody who has uh, worked with me in recent years knows that my heart lies in Pontiac. Um, you know, that's really where I focus all of my efforts. And so I really wanted to see the Pontiac community uh, taken care of in just the most um, efficient and uh, respectful way. And so once, uh, you know, we put this system together, we realized that the need is all over the place. So there's people throughout Oakland County uh, who, you know, need help, but also want to provide services. Um, the university in particular, you know, serves all of Southeast Michigan. We've got a lot of our students and faculty and staff that come from 
you know, essentially within an hour, hour and a half radius of this area. And so it really provided us that opportunity uh, to make this region wide instead of citywide. Um, and I know CAN has also gotten a lot of interest from other municipalities uh, throughout Southeast Michigan or um, even nationally that are interested in this model. So I think we've been able to create something that really speaks to people as the easiest way to connect people with help and volunteer opportunities with the least amount of red tape possible. Yeah. Now, CAM's created the, uh, the tool, but the tool only works if you have the network that exists. And that's where, Jen, obviously you're on top of stuff, and Dustin, you're in the thick of it like crazy. Dustin, talk to me about what were the big dominoes that like, cause obviously now you, when you go through the organizational affiliates on the, on the website. So if so, it just, so everybody knows, I'll, I'll actually ask Cam about this and he can go much deeper and more technical, but uh, I'll just give the basic that you can sign up to help and you can sign up if you need help. And then if you're signing up to help, you can also say I'm affiliated with this organization. Well, the number of organizations that are affiliated like we've said in the last two weeks has grown very large. Um, so what were the big dominoes as you're trying to pull people in Dustin? Were there, was there one or two? Was it uh, the college itself? Was there one business that said, all right, we're in and we're going to put this in. Like what were the dominoes that really made you go, okay, now we're moving. Sure. You know, I think one of the first things we did even before we solidified this partnership around my was, I began to do some community coordination in Pontiac specifically. So on, on that same Friday, while uh, Cam was matriculating and developing this, uh, this uh, mechanism, uh, we were meeting as a community and, and had our first call and, and talked about, you know, what are we going to do? And who's going to step up? Who can add programs? Who can add food distribution sites? You know, and, and so forth. So that was a, really the precursor. And I think initially we thought, let, let's just kind of open this communication stream so we all know what's going on and let's get it out to the community. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that the Pontiac community and the greater Pontiac community would, 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 would coalesce together, would, would coordinate together the way that it has. I mean, it has been absolutely incredible to watch folks share resources, share information, make sure that, that no one's left behind. And, and this thought was in my mind in the very beginning when I heard that, you know, the, the schools were going to be shut down. I said, you know, I personally want to make sure that no person goes hungry. I mean, that, that's, that was what this was all about. And um, the Pontiac community stepped up. So that was really the first step. Beyond that, obviously, um, linking up with Oakland University and OU, which, which Jen really, really helped push this along, graciously opened their doors to, to be a major distribution hub, uh, to, to have volunteers and staff available. Absolutely incredible um, for then groups like Lighthouse to come on board and say, hey, we're going to make sure that you have a, a channel open to acquire food. We're going to help monetarily with that process as well. Huge uh, collaborative grant you know, that we uh, submitted together uh, to receive the dollars from United Way to make this up. So, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Oakland County government helping feed our seniors. Um, and I'd be remiss, um, Greg, 
if I didn't mention that you were one of the very first partners, draw was to come on board. Yes, you were, and to bring um, those boxes over the very first day that we had access to the OU site. You brought um, boxes of food, uh, and, and you've been in instrumental in this process. Um, so we're appreciative to you as well. Well, I, I know how to do one or two. Th I know how to eat food. And I know how to get food. So I'm I'm, I'm happy to help out <laughs> any way I can. Um, Appreciate that. Can so Cam, let's break down the technical because if someone's listening to this, they're listening to this podcast, maybe they haven't actually interacted with this. There's two types of people who, who would go to mycovidresponse.org. There's people who want to help and there's people who need help. In a very short, give me an elevator speech for each. Like what what is that experience like for the volunteer and what is that experience like for the person who's looking to help? Absolutely. And you know, before, before I, I share that, I want to preface it with, again, we're in a we're in a new, this is a new problem. We have, uh, we have new issues and we needed new technology to help solve it. And so, uh, and, but we also wanted to make it simple because right now people are being inundated with so much information. So we just said, we want people to go to one site, one form, uh, and, and give us their information. Uh, what's, what's actually interesting, people don't even always know is you can check both boxes. Um, there are some people who really have, they've checked, I want, I, I need help, I, I want to volunteer. Um, and they're doing both. And so again, we just wanted to empower people to say, hey, here, you know, let's say I'm a volunteer. Uh, I need, I, I want to tell you about my skills. I want to tell you about what, I, what, I'm, what I'm offering. I, uh, we ask for their availability. We ask for some limited personal information. And uh, it takes about, you know, for a volunteer, roughly, I'd say about 60 seconds to two minutes to fill out the form. Um, and then, you know, in the same way, uh, someone who's, who's asking for help, uh, they, they go out and they, they fill out some limited personal information, fill out information about their household, um, and they have one of about nine different uh, checkboxes that they can check, or, and they can check as all nine if they want uh, for different needs. They can give us some details. And what happens when people do that is that information is sent into a database, and uh, we have case managers who are... Um, who are looking at those needs and looking at those volunteers that are coming in. Uh, these case managers are assigned to particular households so that each household has one person working with them through the, through the duration of the pandemic. That's kind of the idea. It's what we're, what we're really building toward. Because again, there's so much coming at people. We need people to have one source of information, one person they can trust who really knows what they're talking about, uh, who has, really good public health information, access to it, um, and, who, and who can help guide them with any questions they have. What's wonderful about this model then is that the case manager can, you know, can be assigned a, a number of homes or households, let's say of people who are, uh, who are in need, and they have this well of volunteers to be able to choose from, okay? Because again, this, this problem is scaling. It's, it's on an exponential curve. And we need technology to help us keep pace as much as we can with that curve. So we've built some different things, some, some technology that's doing it a little bit different. Um, it's not as simple as, okay, well, we've got everybody's information and then we're you know, just trying to make the best match. Um, we've built some artificial intelligence that for each particular need of each person, okay, there's, there's five suggested volunteers um, based on some, uh, on some pretty, you know, key and simple algorithms, but that really help things like geography, same availability, um, even better. And this is what's really neat 
is based on same network partner. And network partners are the, is this growing list of organizations that, that you're talking about. Um, so this is what's been, I think, enabled a lot of the partnership. I think people, um, when they're offering service through an organization, are really nervous that a different organization is not going to give someone they want to serve the kind of care and attention um, that their organization values, right? That, it's, a, it's a big issue of saying, I don't think you're going to treat somebody as well as, I'm, as, as I would treat them. And we, that, was, that was a big barrier in terms of the technological side. That was a pretty big domino for us was figuring out a way quickly and efficiently to be able to make sure that network partners had access um, to the people who were signing up and saying, hey, I most affiliate myself with this organization. And that way, network partners could say, oh, wait, I can send one of, one of my staff, um, one, of, one of my key volunteers to really kind of triage these, 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 these households. And then you're going to let me pull from this ever-growing list of volunteers to help manage you know, these households and their needs? And we said, absolutely, because this isn't, this isn't about us. This isn't about um, one person. When I made the website, it was very intentionally white-labeled. Because, um, again, I work for a couple different organizations, um, and I could have slapped their logo on there too, but I didn't because I wanted it to be easy for everybody who, who had something to come partner and to be able to come offer what they had. Uh, so that we could meet the most needs in the best way with the best care um, and really come together in a way that, again, I haven't had the, had the privilege of, of doing prior, and I hope we never do it differently <laughs> because this has been right. really fun. Now, Cam, um, one follow-up. When someone signs up for help or when someone signs up to volunteer, how quickly can they expect some sort of response? Is this a thing where they're just sitting in a bank, or is there an initial, like, thanks for signing up, we'll let you know? Like, what's the... Well, what's the turnaround time so that people know what to expect when they sign up? Sure. For, for volunteers, um, well, for, on both sides, there, there, there's immediate emails that go out that give a lot of, you know, follow-up instruction and, and what to expect, um, you know, just auto automatically generated. Um, however, volunteers uh, can expect to be followed up with generally within about 24 hours um, by a member of our, of our team who's outreaching, who's saying, hey, thanks for signing up. Are there any more questions that, that you have? Anything that you, you know you missed on the form? Uh, you know anything else you'd like us to know? Uh, those who are who are filling out uh, requests for needs, it's generally between between about 24 and 48 hours. Um, you know for for someone to to really get get started. Uh, again, we want to make sure that that they're we're not just handing them to somebody really fast. We want to get them paying to the right person first. That's what we value. Um, however, there was a couple cases. This is the power of the technology. Um, where we had a need come in and I messaged somebody, this is way early on, I was one of the case managers still at this point testing everything out and I just happened to know, it was an Auburn Hills need and, and I've been really familiar with the Auburn Hills area and I knew someone in that same apartment complex. Uh, so I messaged that person and I said, hey, this person's asking for you know some medicine. Uh, do you think that you could drop some medicine by she's like you know what's crazy is that i'm at cvs right now <laughs> and uh she, she she grabbed some some medicine she dropped it off on that person's porch and that literally happened within i think an hour of me initially talking to that person and that's the kind of that's the kind of power that we're working with um yeah the more the more that we we, we develop this the more that we invest in this technology the more that 
you know, the artificial intelligence can help even alert us to things like that in, in, in a faster way. And that's what we're always trying to work harder to do. So Jen, I want to head back to you. I got about three minutes left. So I want to get you and Dustin both in here one more time. But um, so far, capacity wise, are we, uh, as we put this network together, is the network at capacity for how many people we can help? Or is it more like bring it all on because we can help a lot of people way more than uh, we are now the way we're set up, which where are we at right now? Uh, I would say that we are in a bring it on phase. Um, now that we have secured uh, especially food related resources through our partnership with Lighthouse, our ability to deliver food directly to people's doorsteps, kind of minimizing those face-to-face -face interactions um, to help reduce the spread uh, has grown exponentially. So we've got uh, tons of volunteers in the database that are ready to go. So I think as more people in need uh, hear about this service and realize that they don't have to go to five or six different places to get food for their house, um, you know, we want to see them coming into the database and really getting served, especially yep. those uh, most vulnerable populations. So our elderly individuals, people who are immunocompromised or have asthma, you know, we want them to be able to stay home. Yeah, yeah. And then Dustin, um, you've, I know you've had a lot of conversations with uh, county uh, executives and and people that are in uh, on the governmental side, what are their words to this whole process and how my COVID response has come together? What 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 are their what are they advising you and what are they telling you? Well, I think in some respects they're they're kind of baffled at uh, how quickly we've been able to get something like this online. You know, uh, you know, it takes governmental agencies time to put things like this together, and when you have folks that have done nonprofit work and worked in these arenas we can usually put things like this together especially in times of crisis so they're extremely supportive thankful that we're here and and i uh, suspect that more of them will engage with us here in the days ahead very good well dustin jen cam you guys are swamped these days uh thanks for taking a few minutes to kind of describe the um the oral history of the first four weeks of mycovidresponse.org um <laughs> I'm thankful for all the work you're doing and the people that you've pulled together, the fact that you're the elbows that bring the, the, all the bones together and make this uh, one body work and to, to serve our neighbors. So thank you for all you're doing. Yeah, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Of thank course. You, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Yep. All right, guys, um, that's it. MyCovidResponse.org. It's easy to find. It's easy to go to. It's easy to sign up if you want to help. It's easy to sign up if you know someone that needs help or if you need help. Uh, but please, 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 if you're in Northern Oakland County and you're listening to this podcast, share the site, mycovidresponse.org. And together in the middle of what could be a, a really tough week, we're going to band together because we love each other. That's what community does. For, uh, for all the people here, uh, I'm Greg Martin. Thanks for listening to the Drawcast. We'll catch you next time.